0: our Bibles up, and we uh, going to go tonight, going to look at a lot of verses to get moving here. Let's start in John chapter 13, and um, we're going to, again, look at a lot of verses to get started, then we'll land in one passage. But in John chapter number 13, John chapter 13, and in verse number 34, John 13 verse 34, says this. A new commandment I give unto you, that ye love one another, as I have loved you, that ye also love one another. Verse thirty five, by this shall all men know that ye are my disciples, if ye have love, one uh, if ye have love, uh, one to another. Look over in John chapter number fifteen, John fifteen, verse number twelve. John 15, verse number 12. This is my commandment, that ye love one another, as I have loved you. Verse number 17. These things I command you, that ye love one another. Go over to Romans, in chapter number 12. Romans chapter number 12. Romans chapter 12. And in verse number 10. Romans 12 and verse number 10. And uh, Brother Joshua, read that verse for us, please. Romans 12, verse number 10. Be kindly affection, affection one to another with brotherly love. Be honored with brotherly, one another. Be kindly one to another with brotherly love. Romans chapter 13, verse number 8. Romans 13, verse number 8. Romans 13, verse 8 says this. It says, Owe no man anything but to love one another, for he that loveth another hath fulfilled the law. And Galatians chapter number 5. Galatians chapter number 5. Hope everybody has their Bibles tonight. Amen. Galatians chapter 5. If not, hopefully so. K-Bob, I want you to read this. Galatians chapter 5, verse number 13. K-Bob is Caleb Salih. We have two Calebs in our school. He's K-Bob. He's been that way since he was born to me. Galatians 5, verse 13. By love, serve one another. 1 Thessalonians in chapter number 3. 1 Thessalonians chapter number 3. 1 Thessalonians 3, and in verse number 12. 1 Thessalonians 3, verse number 12. Matthew, Elam, would you read it for us? And the Lord make you to increase and abound in love one toward another. 1 Peter, chapter number 1. 1 Peter, chapter number 1. 1 Peter one and in verse number twenty-two. First Peter chapter one and verse number twenty-two. Brother Brian Elam, would you care to read that for us? Seeing you have purified your souls and obeying the truth through the Spirit unfeigned love of the brethren, see that you love one another with a pure heart fervently. In first Peter chapter number three and in verse number eight. First Peter chapter 3 and verse number 8. The Bible says this, Finally be all of one mind, having compassion one of another, love as brethren. Be pitiful, be courteous. Over in First John chapter number 3. 1 John chapter number 3. Verse number 11. First John chapter 3, verse number 11. Says, for this is the message that you heard from the beginning, that we should love one another. We should love one another. First John three, and in verse number twenty-three. Brother Daniel, you get to read. Can you read that? First John three twenty-three. And this is his that you should believe on the name of the Son Jesus Christ and love one another as He gave commandment. First John chapter four. And in verse number seven, Brother Jeff, if you don't care, first John four, verse number seven. Amen. Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God, and everyone that loveth is born of God and knoweth God. Amen. Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God, and everyone that loveth is born of God and knoweth God. First John four eleven, Brother Eric, if you don't care. God so loved us, we ought also to love one another. Verse 12 says, No man has seen God at any time. If we love one another, God dwelleth in us, and his love is perfected in us. Now, that is not an exhaustive list, but I hope you get the idea that God commands us to love one another. He commands it, all right? It's not, if it was just one verse, that's enough. But it is said over and over and over and over again that we are to love one another. One another. This New Testament command is given often, uh, and it's very clear that this is God's desire for all of us. When there's contention, when there's strife, there's only one reason. In Proverbs chapter number thirteen, if we we'll go back there real quick, as we're making our way back to where we're going to spend, but in Proverbs chapter number thirteen, and in verse number ten. Proverbs 13 and verse number 10 says this, Proverbs 13, 10, Only by pride cometh contention, but with the well-advised is wisdom. Only by pride cometh contention. The word contention means strife, uh, struggle, uh, a contention for superiority, a contention that leads to anger. And um, I am thankful, and I've said it often, and I say it again, I'm thankful for the unity that God has given to our church. Um, in our text for Sunday night, unless the Lord changes something, but we'll look at 1 Timothy chapter 4 in our studies. But uh, one of the uh, uh, things that's talked about in verse, 1 Timothy chapter 4 is that, that we have to, Paul tells Timothy to con- to... Remind the brethren of these doctrines. All right? To teach it over and over and over again. You say, why? Because, again, we, we will let them slip. And again, just because something's preached on doesn't mean there's a problem. But maybe there is. That's why the Lord had it preached on. The only responsibility of the preacher is to make sure he's in touch with the Lord, right? And preach what the Lord lays on his heart. So I'm not preaching this message tonight because there's an issue that I know of. I'm not preaching the message because, um, you know, it's, uh, it's not being followed. But I do want to preach tonight a simple message on this, that there should be no contention among us. No contention among us. There should be no strife. No fighting for superiority. And... Um, you know, what, does that, what does that talk about? Well, that's everything. Um, everything from you know who, who sang a special to who led in a song to who's working in the nursery or how someone does something in the nursery. Um, I only mention nursery because it's always special music and nursery that people get upset about. So I've been in church a long time. It's true. Which both those things are not biblical mandates. So if it's ever an issue we won't have it no it's not an issue but if it does because I'd rather not why for something the Bible doesn't command us to do right all right but I'm just saying you ever notice that's where a lot of problems come from right or choices like the color of walls or carpet or something like that and praise the Lord we don't have that but all right strife contention superiority this is an issue amongst a lot of believers in a lot of churches And our church is not absent from it. A strife. Not that anybody's fighting. But a contention. We have to be very careful because the culture that our children are raised in, which affects us even in the church, uh, is a a never wrong mentality. I mean, that's the culture we live in. Nobody's wrong. There's no absolute truth. You decide what is true. And as believers, there is an absolute truth. It's right here, right? God is the absolute truth. And, and we get that, but that culture sneaks into our church, right? And sneaks into our young people, that they're never wrong. And adults, it happens. You got to be careful. You know, I don't like the way Brother Tyler, I could do it better. Well, you might, but God wants him to do it right now which I don't think anybody, you know, very few, very few in our church could do better, right? Uh, You know, uh, or I could play the piano uh, better than they are, right? You can play it better than me, right? But uh, the fact is this, all right? Who cares? If there's a contentious spirit in you, it's pride. It's pride. Every time. When there's contention, there's pride. You know, in a, a Sunday school contest, it was fun. I'm so glad Miss Jenna won. I was glad she won. i just the whole time I'm just like that young lady deserves this, right? You know, I was so excited for her. everyone did a good job, but she really went over the top, right? And uh, and I was glad and uh, that uh, she did everything else that she could win that, and uh, so that was fantastic, right? And uh, but you say, well, you lost. I could care less, and everyone else should. I know no one that was upset about that. Praise the Lord for that, right? Uh, but again, don't let that spirit get in us. will destroy our church very quickly and ultimately it's a pride problem a need for superiority it happens in young people's lives it happens in middle age young singles, young adults, young married, elderly this inward desire that we want to be better than other people it's always right to do your best but there should be no heart for superiority Or crying out when we're offended. Life isn't fair. Contention will destroy a life. How do we know that? Well, the Bible says pride cometh before destruction. And the haughty spirit before a fall. Pride will destroy a life. And this contention will destroy a life. Contention will destroy your family. In Proverbs chapter 21 and verse number 9, it says, It's better to dwell in the corner of a housetop than with a brawling woman. Right? Sorry ladies that's what it says all right uh, you know uh, but the idea that we're brawling means contentious full of strife it will destroy a life it will destroy a family and it will destroy a church in 1 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse number 10 it says that there be no divisions among you that we be perfectly joined and that perfectly joined is taught in Ephesians chapter number four. He gives us pastors and teachers, so we all come to the unity of the faith, that the body be fitly joined together. In other words, when there's pride and contention amongst us in the church, it keeps and limits the church from doing what God wants it to do. So how do we know that there's contention? It's one thing to say, well, not in my life. Well, it, that's it's like we do a lot of counseling now, you know, and uh, i met with several today, and, uh, you know, and praise the Lord for that opportunity and try to help people, and, you uh, know, but, you know, I, you know, ask somebody sometimes, I'm like, well, do you feel like you're an insecure person? Oh, no, I'm really secure, and then I give them, like, this stuff to read, and I'm like, read these three chapters and come back, and they come back, and are like, I didn't know I was so insecure, and, uh, you know, uh, you know, sometimes we don't see our issues, and, and uh, it takes, you know, just confronting biblical truth to truly answer a question. I want us to answer the question tonight, are we in any way contentious? Because the command in the scriptures is to love one another, serve one another, prefer one another, right? Prefer one another. So how can we tell? Genesis 29, let's let's park there and look at this. Genesis chapter number 29. Genesis chapter 29 there was um, Jacob he marries who he thought was Rachel (laughs) and uh, finds out that it was Leah and uh, then he marries Rachel and Rachel and Leah had a lot of contention Rachel and Leah were siblings in the same family. But there was contention. There was strife. We in this congregation were brothers and sisters. Amen? So is there contention? Instead of just saying, I don't think there is, let's just look at what the Bible did says and teaches when there is contention and then we'll answer the question appropriately tonight. Contention. Genesis chapter 29, look at verse number 30. All right. Now we're jumping right in the middle of this story. I think you know the story. Uh, Jacob now has these two wives. Um, it was pretty messed up story, um, how that all takes place and everything that happens. But in verse number 30, it says, And he went in also unto Rachel, and he loved also Rachel more than Leah one mark first mark tonight and then there is contention and there was contention between Rachel and Leah we can we all agree with that right I mean constantly <laughs> the only time they ever got along is when Jacob said let's leave your father and they both were like we're with you all right that's the only time they ever agreed right uh but here the first mark of contention is this all right? favoritism favoritism Jacob loved Rachel more than Leah That's not a metaphor, that's not a simile, that's just a clear thing written in scripture, divine by the Holy Spirit, that it was a true fact he loved Rachel more than Leah. When there's contention and when there's strife amongst us, there'll be favoritism. There'll be cliques, isolation from others and certain people. Your group of a few and no more. You have a hard time reaching out to anyone else because quite frankly you would never say these words, but they just don't meet up to your standard. There'd be favoritism. For Jacob, I hate saying this, but he thought Leah was ugly. Again, I, I mean that's it's what it says. Uh, When they got married, it says in verse number 16, the same chapter, and Laban had two daughters. The name of the elder was Leah, and the name of the younger was Rachel. Leah was tender-eyed. You say, what's that exactly mean? Well, it describes it. Continue reading. But in contrast to her being tender-eyed, Rachel was beautiful. Leah wasn't as pretty. And he loved her more than Leah. Fact is this, if she was just as beautiful, he probably would have loved her. But well, when there's contention, there'll be favoritism. Second thing is this. There'll not just be favoritism, but there'll be forsaking. Keep reading in verse number 30. He loved Rachel more than Leah and served him with him yet seven other years. And when the Lord saw that Leah was hated. Again, this is not something that someone just said, but they didn't really mean it. God saw she was hated. God saw it. You say, Well, I don't hate anybody. Is there is there anybody in your life right now that you know, especially in the church here, that we're supposed to love one another? Amen? amen. Keep Amen. That's true, right? Don't let these words I can't stand them. Because if those words are in your mouth or in your heart. It's not right. You say, well, no one knows about it. Well, I don't know that Jacob ever said it out loud. But God knew. The Lord saw it. If there's anybody that you are just like, I don't want to be around them, I can't stand them. You know, they come to shake your hand, you go the other way, or you... Turn your face and shake their hand. I don't ever see that. But I don't think it'd be necessarily something that would be shown on the outward, but God sees. And I again I can't answer these questions. I can just tell us we're just looking at what the Bible says when there was contention and we have to be honest and answer. So there's favoritism, there was forsaking, number three, there's frustration skip to chapter 30 and verse number 1 and when Rachel saw that she bare Jacob no children Rachel envied her sister there was frustration she envied her Rachel didn't ever feel like she was enough she looked at Leah with a very critical eye you think you're better than me because Leah was able to have children and she wasn't at that moment But she envied her sister. If there's people in your family, your church family, especially here, that maybe no one knows about it, but God does. That we envy. We never feel like we're enough. Again, I'm not preaching this at you or somebody. As a pastor, I got to keep myself in check. As a pastor, many times we'll see, you know, and be envious of others other pastors other people just as easy as you can and when we do become envious we become very critical and we want to tear apart everything and belittle them to bring them down to where they you know at least uh they're not as good as everybody thinks and i'll prove it and we feel this need to tear people down it's seen in a church i've grown up in church so you know 48 years plus in church and Unfortunately, I've seen it sometimes. You know, someone gets up and sing. Well, I don't know why they let them sing. I've heard that. I hate that. I've heard that. Not here, thankfully. Right? But I have heard that. They can't do that right, or they shouldn't be in that ministry. Be careful. When I first became pastor family left the church because they wanted a position that they didn't have and they became very critical and they left over it. Got very frustrated. Rachel was very frustrated. She envied Leah. She couldn't have children. It frustrated her. It was favoritism, forsaking, frustration, and then I made up this word. Sorry. Sorry, Mom. But far fetchism (laughs) All right, I didn't know how else to describe this, but it was far-fetched. Right? Look at verse number one. It's a good word. You're all going to write it down, right? Yeah, all right. And said unto Jacob, "Look what she said. Give me children, or else I die." All right. She wasn't going to die. Matter of fact, ironically, she died having children. All right, but uh. But she said, if I don't have children, I'm going to die, and it's your fault, Jacob. A little far-fetched. But when someone is involved in contentious spirit, they begin to get what I call extreme thinking. I talked about it in our hope meeting this morning. You'll hear it in like, words like this. Here's what that far-fetched is, all right? And right? You've heard it. You've said it probably because I've been guilty, all right? Nobody will sit by me. Everybody ignores me. Nobody likes my family. Everybody thinks we're bad. And this extreme thinking, if I don't have children, I'm going to die. No, you weren't. But we convince ourselves in our mind and we start blowing everything to an extreme nobody can likes this. everybody's against me. this always happens to me. How many of you are guilty of saying that before We all are right always happens to me. it never works for me when we get this extreme thinking right that's where she was and. In a contentious spirit, you'll hear that a lot. Number five, there'll be fury or anger. Verse number two, and Jacob's anger was kindled against Rachel. When there's contention, there'll be anger. And what starts in the heart will begin to overflow. A man's countenance will begin to change. To get angry at other people. uh, Literally furious at them preaching Sunday morning Lord willing on Naaman and his leprosy remember when Elijah told him to go and dip seven times and the Bible says that he became wroth and he took off in rage right you know he got angry and when we slammed the door behind us walking out of church and we slammed the car door because this happened or those people or there's contention we get home and we just tear everything apart and other people because we're really mad. If there's anger, there's contention. Number six, there'll be fault finding. Fault finding. Verse number two Jacob's anger was kindled against Rachel and he said, Am I in God's stead? Who hath withheld from thee the fruit of the womb? It's not my fault. This is bad, but he said it's God's fault. I didn't do this; God is. But the fact is, this she was pointing at him; he was pointing at God. Kind of same thing Adam did. But when there's contention, it's easy to start looking and pointing fingers at everybody else. It's one way, by the way, you can really tell if someone's truly repentant. It happens all the time with the kids in school. Why'd you do this? And the first answer is, well, they were. Well, this person isn't godly sorrow. This person's just sad they got caught. And we begin to fault find and. Because of our contention, or pride, or strife, it becomes very easy in our life to look at everybody and everything and point out all their flaws. Number seven, they'll be fighting. Chapter thirty and verse number eight. Rachel said, "With great, what's the next word? Wrestlings have I wrestled with my sister. They'll be fighting." I don't know that Rachel, I don't think Rachel and Leah were literally rolling around the ground beating each other. But they were fighting. There was wrestling going on back and forth. And if contention is not stopped within a church, it will lead to people literally yelling at each other. Pushing each other. I've not seen this. Praise the Lord. But I know Brother Slee one time gave the story how he was serving in a different church at the time and, and this one man got mad and came up and started yelling in front during a meeting and the one man punched the other man right in the face and then he punched him back and all the men came up and grabbed the two men. That's a blasphemy to Christ. You say, well, that's not happened here. It could, especially if we don't get this in check. be wrestling and brawling to all of a sudden now you're standing outside and you're yelling at each other or you get in your car and you yell at them and let everybody else know how angry you are at them you say but it's their fault you know what it might be but if you're contentious you have pride too God doesn't want it because the command over and over and over again is to what Love one another. Serve one another. Prefer one another. Another mark on number eight will be this fear. Chapter 30 and verse number nine. When Leah saw that she had left bearing, she took Zilpah, her handmaid, and gave her Jacob to wife. Fear. Because of the contention, when Leah didn't have any more children, she became fearful. That if I don't perform, he won't like me. If I'm not good, people are going to see my failure, my weakness. I tried to address this last week in what being a friend is in Proverbs there. He who hath friends must show himself friendly. The people that are going to be closest to you in your life are going to be people that they're aware of your weaknesses. They're aware. And we don't go bragging about our weaknesses. We can let people into our life. The closest person to me in this room is my wife. And no one knows my weaknesses more than my wife. And that is not a coincidence that she is the closest person to me you won't let people into your life and you're going to make yourself look superior at all times and you don't want anyone to see your weaknesses and again I don't want to brag about our weaknesses it's not like we're flaunting our weaknesses but you keep a wall up no one can be in this you're going to be also sitting in church saying why doesn't no one why is no one my friend and it's really a prideful thing and a contentious thing number nine there'll be foolishness Foolishness. In other words, you'll do things that you. Why did you do that? Verse number nine again Leah gave another woman to her husband. That never works out. In the Bible, it always caused problems. Why did she do it? Because there was strife. My uncle always says it this way. Sin makes you stupid. And when there's contention and strife, you'll say things and do things that are just foolish. You'll find yourself doing things you never thought you'd do. A tenth mark of contention is this in chapter thirty. Verse number 14, and this is a story, I'll just briefly read it. And Reuben went in the days of the wheat harvest and found mandrakes in the field and brought them into his mother Leah. Then Rachel said to Leah, Give me, I pray thee, of thy son's mandrakes. And she said unto her, Is it a small matter that thou hast taken my husband? And wouldest thou take away my son's mandrakes also? And Rachel said, Therefore he shall lie with thee tonight for thy son's mandrakes. And Jacob came out of the field in the evening. And, uh, to, to and Leah went out to meet him and said, "Thou must come in unto me for my son I have hired thee with my son's mandrakes and he lay with her that night. it's a mess. But my last point is this fellowship is broken. Fellowship is broken. Catch the point in this the relationships between Rachel and Leah and Jacob are now all business not relationship it's all business and I've seen churches when there's contention it leaves a very carnal atmosphere where it's all business it's all about the money it's all about the deals it's all about everything running smoothly and it's not about people. It's not helping people and relationships with people. It's not what it should be. Love. By this shall all men know that you are my disciples. Love. Now what's the inverse of that? Algebra class. What's the inverse of that? All right, the opposite of these things. All right? Instead of favoritism. Favoritism there'll be acceptance of everybody There's no, you can tell strife and contention has been put away and we're loving one another when everyone knows they're accepted by everybody instead of forsaking there's welcoming we're not pushing anyone away we're welcoming everyone in to our lives instead of frustration there's contentment and instead of Far-fetched thinking, there's reason. Biblical thinking. Instead of angry and fury, there's love. Instead of fault-finding, there's praise. Instead of fighting with one another, there'll be peace. Instead of fear, there'll be rest. Instead of foolishness, there'll be wisdom. Instead of everything being business and performance-based, there'll be love and fellowship. So, knowing what contention looks like, let's search our hearts tonight. And are we loving one another as we should? Or is there strife and contention? If it's in our life, let's get rid of it tonight. If there's someone else in this church that you just can't stand, or you don't ever want to be around, or you think they always do it wrong, Or you're always finding all the faults in their life. And you find yourself having words often in anger. Let's get it right tonight. May we love one another.